live again. Everybody say it's time to live again. It is so important that we uh, live vibrant Christian lives, the lives that that are indicative of of the fact that we are born again believers. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm tired of dead stuff in my life. <laughs> Can I get a witness? I'm tired of dead stuff. I mean, and, and, and here's the thing about it. We can live again in those dead areas. I, 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 Maria and I, this coming December, will be, we'll have been married 33 years. Uh, and thank God for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there was a period of time, there was some dead stuff going on in our marriage where she wanted me to come back to Benton and I want her to go back to Haynesville. And we just say bye to each other. How I many you know that's a dead, that's a dead place? But I thank God right now, it ain't dead no more. Come on. It's alive and well. Still working, still working, still trying to improve, but it ain't dead anymore. There's a time when our finances were, were dead. I mean, you know, metaphorically speaking, amen. In other words, how many of y'all have been living from paycheck to paycheck? Because of some decisions that we made, amen. Thank God we always paid everybody we owe, amen. Uh, and, and, and God, God once, we decide, once we start doing life God's way as it relates to, to how we handle our finances, we've always been tithers and givers of offering. So it was a matter of some decision that we made. But how many of you know finances ain't dead anymore? I don't care what area you experience in a dead, dry place. I'm here to tell you, God says it's time for you to live again. It's time for you to experience, amen, God's abundant prosperity in every aspect and every area of your life. Can I get a witness? So if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. Uh, we see the scenario where Ezekiel uh, is writing and he's writing from uh a place of exile and writing to his people there who were in exile and his title was changed from being a priest to being a prophet and as a prophet of God he begins to share with his people. So the text says here if you will go with me uh, to, back to the third chapter uh, and look at verse number four. This has been our taking off point Ezekiel chapter number three uh, and we'll go back to uh, that fourth verse. Amen. Ezekiel chapter number three Verse number four, glory to God. Hallelujah. Don't we serve an awesome God? Is not he worthy to be praised? Come on, how many of y'all know God is good? Yeah. Glory to God. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll read from uh, the King James Version of the Scripture. Verse number four says, And he said unto me, Son of man, go Get thee unto the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel, not to many people of a strange speech, uh, not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language, though whose words thou canst not understand. Surely had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me, for all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, 
I have made thy face strong against their faces and thy forehead strong against their foreheads. As adamant, as, as an adamant harder, adamant harder than flint have I made thy forehead. Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house, though they be a rebellious house. Let's go to the 37th chapter, that very same book, Ezekiel chapter number 37, one passage that we're somewhat uh, pretty much familiar with. Uh, verse number one of Ezekiel 37 says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? The valley of dry bones was indicative of the type of atmosphere and the type of cultural mindset that had developed amongst God's people so much so that God had to allow them to go into captivity in order to turn them back toward him. Everybody say it's time to live again. Everybody say it's time, it's time. to live again. Now, again, I share with you a very pointed statement that I, that I hope it continues to resonate in your mind. And I told you to write it down. And we said rebellion against proper authority reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority. Everybody say rebellion against proper authority reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority, which brings devastating consequences. When we reject God's authority, when we reject God's amen, authority in the earth realm, it leads us to a place to where uh, we, we're, we're going to experience it. We're going to experience some consequences and some devastation in our own individual lives. Now, again, we we shared with you some things on last week and and I want to keep moving forward. Uh, but, but I want you to turn back with me because we talked about Numbers, the 16th chapter. I gave you the mindset of the people of God coming up to Numbers, the 16th chapter. Let's go to Numbers 16, because whenever we find ourselves in a rebellious state, we are putting ourselves uh, in a position to where uh, God's going to have to deal with us. Let's go to Numbers 16, if you will. And glory to God. Numbers, the 16th chapter. We'll start. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, uh, 16 chapter numbers. And let's start at verse number one right quick. Number 16, glory to God. Are you still with me? Uh, the text says, one day Korah, son of Israel, a descendant of Kohath, son of Levi, conspired with Dathan and Abraham, the sons of Eliab, and, and on the son of Peleth from the tribe of Reuben. Verse two says this, they incited a rebellion against Moses. Now, who was Moses? Moses was God's established leader. Correct. Moses was God's ordained leader. Moses was the guy who went down to Egypt and told Pharaoh to let my people go. He 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 was God's mouthpiece. Amen. During his people's uh, uh, captivity down in Egypt. And so Moses was the leader and Moses was instrumental in leading them from the land of bondage. Amen. On their way to a land of freedom. But the text says they incited, those guys incited a rebellion against Moses along with 250 other leaders 
of the community, all prominent members of the assembly. Verse three, let's go. says they united against Moses and Aaron and said, you have gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord and he is with all of us. What right do you have to act as though you are greater than the rest of the Lord's people? Can I bring this up to modern day terms? Can I bring it up to the mindset that we may be experiencing sometimes in the church culture today? Pastor, who made you in charge? Pastor, I'm a grown man just like you are. Pastor, the Lord speaks to me just like he speaks to you. Why do we have to follow you? How come we can't vote on everything that we want to do around here? Well, first of all, the church is not a democracy. It is a theocracy. God ordains leaders, leaders, spiritual leaders, because the truth be told, everybody that's in the church is not spirit-minded. Everybody in the church is not following God. So God says, I have set up order in the church. But, 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 but sometimes people, people say, well, you know what? Well, come on now. God speak to me just like he speak to you, Pastor. And that is true. I, I, will not, I will not dare say that God only speaks to me. But I will tell you this, God has an ordained authority in the church. So, so maybe that's, that, that would be the mindset of many who would come in and say, you know, well, listen, I, I heard what you said, Pastor, but you know what? I'm going to do it my way. Everybody say rebellion is dangerous. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, when we look at this, the text says here that they, they, they were saying, Moses, who made you in charge? Let's go. Moses, next verse, verse four, let's read. When Moses heard what they were saying, did he get mad and start cussing them? No. The text says when Moses heard what they were saying, he fell face down on the ground. Look at the humility of Moses. Then he said to Korah and his followers, tomorrow morning the Lord will show us who belongs to him and who is holy. The Lord will allow only those whom he selects to enter his presence. Now again, Korah led a rebellion against God's man. Korah led a rebellion against God's established authority. Am I right about it? Now again, go back. Remember what I just told you a while ago? I said rebellion against proper authority reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority. Go with me right quick to Romans the 13th chapter. Romans chapter number 13. Let's go there right quick. Can I get a witness? Romans 13 and 1. And let's look at this real quickly because I want you to, I want you to let this settle in. I want you to let this settle in into your spirit because what I'm going to share with you today uh, I think many of us are going to grasp and we're going to begin to understand that, that, that maybe we were not as rebellious as Korah was but there are individual pockets of rebellion that all of us tend to have in our hearts and when we rebel against God's amen, proper authority it reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority Look at Romans 13 and 1 with me right quick. Romans 13 chapter, verse number 1. Glory to God. The text says this. Let's read it. It says, everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from whom? God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there what? Let's read it one more time. Just, just make sure that you let it sink in. Come on, ready to read. Everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by 
God. Now, this passage right here, this one verse makes it very clear that everyone, everybody say everyone, every person is to be subject to the governing authorities that are established by God. Every single believer is to be practicing on a regular basis the principle of submission. Everybody say submission. Ephesians 5 and 21 says, be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. That means everybody. Now, again, Romans 13 tells us that the powers that be are ordained of God. So what are these powers? Uh, What authority has God established? Just jot these down real quickly. Here are the things and the authorities that God has established. Number one is human government. Everybody say human government. If you are a citizen of the United States of America, by virtue of being a citizen of the United States of America, uh, and you are a working person who's bringing home income, one of the responsibilities that you and I have as individuals who are producing revenue to our homes uh, uh, as a United States citizen is to pay taxes. Am I right about it? You know, there are some people who live in this country who say, well, you know, I'm not under the sovereign government of the United States of America, so I don't want to pay taxes. I, don't want, to, I, don't want, I want y'all to leave me alone. Well, by being a citizen of this country, you don't get the benefit of being left alone. Because the human government that God established says in order for the government to have money to operate, to build roads, to, to, to have a military, uh, to to, to have a, a disease center to try to track down any uh, uh, communicable diseases, they need money. And guess where that money comes from? From you and I. Everybody say taxes. They're not fun, but I got to pay them. So God established human government. The next, the next thing he, he established, authority established, is church leadership. Everybody say church leadership. Pastors, elders, spiritual leaders in the church and other recognized church leaders, God established that type of authority, the church leadership. Amen? Third thing is, he, he established husbands in the homes as leaders of the family. Thank you. Thank you. I got one. I got Thank you, Robin. He established husbands in the home as leaders in the family. I need y'all to repeat that with me because I feel a cold spirit came up in this place here. He established husbands, ever say husbands? In the home, as leaders in the family. Okay, all right. Yeah, all right. We don't, don't make me go to the word on you, right? Okay, all right. Next, he, he established husband and wives together as leaders of their children. He established husbands and wives together as leaders of the church. So again, we got, he established human government, right? He established church leadership. He established husbands in the home as the leader of the family. He established husbands and wives as the leader of their children. Here's the next one that he established. He established bosses at work and the people who are over us. Come on. He established Bosses, managers, owner, department leaders at work and whoever else may be over us in the workplace. And I know for a fact that some of y'all struggle with God's ordained authority in the workplace. 
can I talk to you like, I'm, like I need to talk to you? And when you don't understand that God is watching how you accept or reject his established authority, don't matter if you agree with him or not, but you, we have a responsibility to submit to that authority. Because after all, what did we just say? We said rebellion against proper authority. And we, I'm, I'm telling you, that's proper authority. You can't, when you have a manager, when you have someone who's, who you report to at work uh, on the organizational chart, you have a responsibility, if you're going to obey God, to submit to that authority, as long as that authority is not doing anything illegal or crazy. Can I get a witness? You have a responsibility to submit to that authority. It doesn't matter if you, if you, if you, if you think, well, I, we, we could do a little bit better. And I want to do it this way. So because I want to do it this way, I'm not going to listen to what you got to say. You over me, but I'm not going to listen to you. How many of you know you rejecting God when you do that? Some of y'all getting quiet on me now because some of y'all struggle at work. I said some of y'all are getting quiet on me and I feel your spirit dropping because you can't get along with nobody at work. And you think it's everybody else. And you had not figured out that it's you, the problem. Because God says, when you reject my established authority, it is a spirit of rebellion that's now operating in you, Christian believer. Hello. Okay. All right. Can we keep moving right here? So our bosses at work and the people who we report to. Amen. That relationship is established by God for a reason. And so. So, so we, 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 we know that. And, and, and lastly, this goes, that dovetails into uh, a human government because we have laws uh, that our human government puts out. And we as a body of believers have to be subject to those laws. Amen. Can I get a witness? We are subject to the law. So, again, the, the, those are those are God's established authority in the earth. Realm. But we see back in Numbers, the 16th chapter that Corinth and those boys became uh, rebellious and, and rebellion guys let me tell you something comes from many sources can I give y'all just 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 a couple of things I want you to just, just jot down right quick a rebellion has many sources one of the first sources of rebellion and the source of, of Korah's rebellion was jealousy everybody say jealousy uh, they became incensed and and they they, they got beside themselves uh, when it came to Moses and Aaron can we get back to number 16 right quick? Numbers the 16th chapter. Rebellion, one of the key sources of rebellion is jealousy. Amen? They said, why, 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 why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? And, 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 and like most rebellions, this, this, this one was about control. This was about who's in charge. And, and Korah and all of his agents, all those, those leaders of different families wanted to be in charge. They wanted to be in control. Guys, let me tell you something. When you learn how to, to respect God's established authority, when you learn how to submit yourselves, amen, unto the authority that God's established, God can, can do great things for you because you are, you are following his established authority. Again, he says they incited a rebellion against Moses, along with 250 other leaders of the community, all prominent members of the assembly. We're not talking about somebody low in the totem pole. These were, quote, community leaders 
who were coming against God's established authority because of jealousy. Has, does God only speak to you? He can talk to us just like he can you. So jealousy is one reason. Number two uh, is sometimes people are just de- uh, delusional. Delusion can cause us, amen, to walk in rebellion. Moses, again, Moses fell down on his face and, and, and began to, to, to come toward them in a way that, that, that shows that he was an honorable man. Moses was known as the friend of God. Amen. So, so, so they, they began to come. Says, when Moses heard what they were saying, he fell down on the ground. And the text says in verse number five, let's read it. Then he said to Korah and his followers, tomorrow morning the Lord will show us who belongs to him and who is holy. He didn't, he didn't come and say, well, I'm in charge. God made me in charge. You better respect me. I'm going to tell you something. We look at submission. Here's just a second. True submission is not a top-down thing. It's a bottom-up thing. Anytime you got to say and demand or command that somebody to submit to you, then you don't really have true submission. In the church, a pastor doesn't have to say, I'm in charge. If he said, I'm in charge, he's, he has a wrong concept of what authority and submission is all about. See, true submission comes out of people knowing that you are a servant leader who's willing to serve and, and to give yourself selflessly, amen, and so they respect the fact that you're serving them and not them serving you. So sometimes people get delusional, okay? They, 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 were, they were saying, uh, look at verse number, go to verse number six with me right quick. Verse six, it says, Cora. You and all your followers must prepare your incense burner. I told you about the incense burner last week. Light fires in them tomorrow and burn incense before the Lord. Then we will see whom the Lord chooses as his holy one. God, Moses said, listen, I ain't going to argue with you. Let's, let's let God decide it. You Levites are the ones who have gone too far. Look, look what he says. Then, we, uh, then Moses spoke, spoke again to Korah. Now listen, you Levites. He said, y'all gone too far. He says, does it seem insignificant to you that the God of Israel has chosen you from among all the community of Israel to be near him so you can serve in the Lord's tabernacle and stand before the people to minister to him? Verse 10, Carl, he, he has already given this special ministry to you and your fellow Levites. Are you now demanding the priesthood as well? He says, you Levites, he's giving you this special ministry, but now you're going to demand more. You're going to demand something that God didn't ordain at this time for you to walk in. Watch this now. Verse 11. Come on, let's go. The Lord is the one you and your followers are really, watch this. The Lord is the one who you and your followers are really revolting against. For who is Aaron that you complain about him? See, when you complain about your pastor, it's really God you want to get at. But you're too scared to talk to God, so you're going to talk about me. All of y'all that uh, you know, that, that may be in that position, that quiet rebellion. You know that when you get home at the dinner table, you start talking about, I, I don't care what he say. He don't run my house. And I don't care what he say about me, you know, uh, uh, loving my wife like Christ loved the church. I love her like I want to love her. That's why you're having problems. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. For who is Aaron that you're complaining about him? Look at the next verse. Let's go. Let's go. Then Moses summoned Dathan and Abram, the sons of Eliab, but they replied, we refuse to come before you. He says, come, 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 I want to talk to you. They said, we ain't coming. Huh? Uh, you know, pastor said, we have a meeting, we ain't coming. 
pastor said, well, you know, hey, hey listen, part of our responsibility is, is to be in part, a, a part of the types of training process. We ain't coming. Pastor said that we have a midweek Bible study and, and, and we're going to study and grow together. So come and be a part. We ain't coming. I know you don't say it out loud like that, but in your mind, you're saying it. And don't you know that the Lord knows what's going on in your mind and your little bitty heart? Don't you realize that God sits high and looks low? Don't you realize that he knows every thought and intent of our hearts? Even though you don't express it outwardly, he knows what's going on inwardly. Can I get a witness up in here? Watch this. We refuse to come before you. Now look at the next verse. Let's come on. Let's read. Say, isn't it enough that you brought us out of Egypt, a land flowing with milk and honey, to kill us here in this wilderness, and, and that you now treat us like your subjects? They got beside themselves. Now think about this for a second, guys. Moses delivered them out of slavery. And now they're talking about the man. Look at what they said. Now, come on now, guys, I don't care how much milk and honey is flowing in Egypt. If I'm there and you and I'm at the work and don't get paid, I'm a slave, baby. I, I, I want my freedom. But these guys became delusional. Del when you get delusional, it'll cause you to rebel. Can y'all read this with me? Look what they said. They're talking to Moses. They said, isn't it enough that you brought us out of Egypt, a land flowing with milk and honey? to kill us here in this wilderness and that you now treat us like your subjects? Verse 14, let's go. What's more? What's more, you haven't brought us into another land flowing with milk and honey. You haven't given us a new homeland with fields and vineyards. Are you trying to fool these men? We ain't coming. <laughs> Can I put it in a doorology type way? Look at verse 15, let's go, let's go. Just what? Then Moses became very angry and said to the Lord, do not accept their grain offerings. I've not taken so much as a donkey from them, and I've never hurt a single one of them. Verse 16, and Moses said to Korah, you and all your followers must come here tomorrow and present yourselves for the Lord. Aaron will also be here. Let's go. Verse 17, you and each of your 250 followers must prepare an incense burner and put incense on it so you can all present them before the Lord. Aaron will also bring his incense burner. Now, let, let me give you the third reason why I rebelled. I said number one was what? Why do people rebel? Number two, why? They, they get delusional. These guys were delusional. They, wanted, they, they were basically complaining about Moses delivering them from, from bondage. And now, they, now they're complaining about not being back in Egypt, being slaves. you got to be delusional. To, 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 to want a desire to go back to slavery. A third reason for rebellion is ungratefulness. Have any of your children ever been ungrateful? Have any of your children, when you are the one that went to the wall for them, when you're the one who done everything, you were there to pick them up when they fell down, you were there to, 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 to bail them out of all the stuff they keep getting into and can't get out of, and then all of a sudden they want to come against you. Are y'all listening to me today? Ungratefulness. Ungratefulness was is a cause of rebellion. If, if you go back in that... Uh, Moses said in that ninth verse, is it not enough for you that God, the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation? You have a very important role, but you're ungrateful. 
I gave you this, but you're ungrateful. I bless you with this, but you're ungrateful. Ungratefulness will cause rebellion. Here's the fourth source of rebellion. Stubbornness. Everybody say stubbornness. Go back to verse 12. Go back to verse 12. When right. Look at verse 12 of that very same passage. And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, we will not come up. They just said, we ain't coming. They, this, they, they were stubborn. So stubbornness can call us, give me a root cause of rebellion. Fifth cause of rebellion is disappointment. Okay, when we get disappointed. He said, they, you know, they, 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 were, they, they were somewhat disappointed because what God had promised was, was going to come to pass, but it hadn't come to pass in the time period that they thought it should come to pass. Amen. So disappointment can cause rebellion uh, in our life. And then lastly, the last source of rebellion is distrust. When you don't trust God or his leadership, it'll cause you to rebel. See, sometimes in the home, I've discovered that some wives don't trust their husband's leadership. Saying, make sure this is turned up one more notch. I'm going to say that one more time. I've discovered in the home, sometimes wives don't trust their husband's leadership. So when they don't trust his leadership or his decisioning, they rebel against his authority. <laughs> I said... That when you distrust that person who's been put in the position of authority, God ordained authority, mind you, and you don't trust that person's leadership or their motives, you will rebel against their leadership. Yeah. Somebody say it one more time. I think I said once more again. When you don't trust that person's leadership ability or that God is working through them, you'll rebel because of that distrust. Yes, yes, number 16, number 16, glory to God. Now again, Moses hadn't done anything other than follow God. Moses was leading them, but they came up against him. Now sometimes, I, I, I'll admit this, that sometimes leadership doesn't give us sometimes confidence because they may, they may, they're not, maybe, maybe they're not prepared themselves, they're not doing the way God told them to do it. But still the responsibility is upon the person who's in uh, in submission to obey those who are in authority as long as they ain't telling you to do something against God's will. Are y'all following me today? But those are six, six root causes of rebellion and what we'll find is that when we look at Ezekiel, the reason why this, the, the people were compared to a valley of dry bones is because they were in captivity because of their rebelliousness. They were in this place because they refused to follow God's will and plan for their lives. Now, God loves them. Man, God loved them so much that he, in order to get them back to him, he allowed them to go into captivity because he wanted them to turn back to him. God loves us enough that he'll go to great measures to make sure that we turn back to him. And that may mean that sometimes God has to allow some things in our lives, amen, to get us to turn back to him. Because, again, you stopped listening to me five years ago. So God said, you go to church, but you ain't listening to your pastor. Oh, I know you hear him. I know you hear him, but when he gives you word, you don't act on that word. So really, all you're doing is hearing me audibly, and the word is not getting down in your heart and your spirit. 
Because when the word gets down to your heart and your spirit and you begin to, 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 to chew on it and you know it's the God's revealed word, you'll begin to do that word. See, when you're not honoring God with your finances, you've heard me talk about finances before in, in, a, in a balanced, God-honoring way, right? And you've, you've heard me talk about the benefits of giving, but you still haven't given. You've heard me talk about spiritual development and how important it is, but yet still somewhere in the back of your mind, you are thinking, well, I got this. I can keep doing church the way I've always done church and me and God are going to be all right. Let's go back to what I just told you. What did I tell you? I said rebellion against proper authority reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority. So when you reject the authority that you are up under in the church, when you when you join, when you, you unite with a local church congregation, what you're saying is that I believe that the Holy Spirit is leading me to this place. I believe that God led me here and God placed me up under the spiritual uh, leadership of, of Pastor Doll R. Adams Sr. at the Elizabeth Baptist Church in Benton, Louisiana. I believe that that's what God led me. So if you say, if you say that God led you here, then when you are up under that spiritual authority and that spiritual authority sets a, a, a plan of progress for you, and you refuse to interject yourself into that plan, then you are rejecting God's authority. Amen? Because you can't, no church, y'all heard me say this before, no church can grow you without your participation. I mean, we can have the best music, the best teaching program, the best preaching, but if you refuse to participate, you, you won't grow. Can't nobody make you grow. And I'm not going to try to make you do something that you're not even taking the time to invest in your own spiritual development. But I will tell you that is rebellion. Can I get a witness? That is rebellion. Now, let's move before. Because, again, we got to get to a solution. We know the state that they were in. Let's for the next 20 minutes, let's try to get to the solution. Everybody say, give me the solution, Pastor. Well, I told you on last week, I said we got to replace an attitude of rebellion with an attitude of submission. Go to first Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. And we'll start our reading at verse number 13. See, the solution to a rebellious attitude is to replace it with an attitude of submission. Because whether you realize or not, it's so little areas that you don't even think you think you're right. Because the person who. Can I, can, I, can I just really kind of hone in? The person who you are supposed to submit to, for some reason, you, you fail to, to really respect the authority that person has. Even though you may not agree with everything they, that they do or say. And maybe you don't even like their personality. But you don't realize that that's God's set authority. And so for you as a believer, you have a responsibility to do what that authority that's been ordained by God tells you to do, unless it's something that's outside the will of God or something that's illegal or wrong. But if they're, if they're, if because they would do it differently, don't mean that, uh, that they're wrong. Here's what I discovered. You, you can, and this happens all the time. If you ever deal with contractors or, or people who do stuff, whenever you invite, if you, if you use two or three different people, 
and somebody else comes in behind the one who did it first, it's amazing how they always pick out what the other person did wrong. Y'all ever notice that? In many times, there's more than, I'm not talking about some janky stuff that was done, you know, half-hearted. I'm talking about it can be a legitimate way of doing something different, and the other person will come behind and criticize how this other person did it before them. That happens a lot of times when people come to a church. They come to a church, they start talking about how, they, how, how you ought to change it and do it the way we did it over there. Well, why don't you stay over there? I mean, I don't mean no harm, but I mean, just stay over there. If you go to a company, a new company, and talk about how they did it over here at this hospital versus over this hospital, just, and, then, and you can't get over that, just stay Now, again, we all learn. Our experiences help us develop uh, new ways of thinking and doing things. And, and listen, and you, there's a way to do that. Because sometimes you can help somebody who can't see beyond what they already know. Some people don't only know what they know. And some people haven't been exposed to other than what they've been exposed to. So, so having a different mindset and having saw a different way of doing things can be beneficial and helpful. But there's a way to approach the one who you are submitting yourself into authority to. Because ultimately, hear, hear me carefully. When you, I'm talking about work now, and we can talk about church too, it's the very same thing. But ultimately, your job is to make the person who you report to look good. I know I'm talking this. I don't know why I'm on this, but some of y'all need to be free. Some of y'all are having heartache. You spend 50 hours a week at work and you're miserable. Miserable. Blood pressure is high. You mean in order when you come home because you bring it home, you bring work home, and you're mad at your, at your children because you're mad at work. Leave me alone. Mama, I just want, ah, I ain't want to talk to nobody. And you bring work home and, 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 and exude that onto your family. I, I remember I used to work when I was in banking. Uh, I, I used to work in uh, a, a department called Long Review. I remember, never forget this. My, my supervisor at that time told me this. He says, now listen, you're going to have to learn when you work in this department, part of your, a big part of what you do eight, nine, ten hours a day is, is you look for problems. Because a loan reviewer, we look at the loan portfolio of the bank to, the, to make sure that everything is still going good. And so we have, we have to look at how that loan is performing and we look for negative trends. He says you got to be careful because you do that all day long and you go home looking for negative trends. You go home looking for the negative in everything that your wife does, your children do. So he says, be careful that you shut this off when you leave. And some people have a hard time shutting off work and differentiating between work and home. Come on now. And sometimes... You have trouble differentiating between work and the church. Hey, you may be whatever at work, but when you come here, you check your title at the door. Hello? Because what you are out there, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I love you and I appreciate you, but, but, but again, check your title at the door. And, and, and God loves you, but we don't want to hear what you did all week. 
I want to know what God is speaking to you about in your own life, in your spiritual development. I want to know what God is telling you about your family. What is he telling about yourself? Not about what you did at work. Thank God for work. Thank God for job. But somebody got to learn to get released from that. And part of it is, is, is some of us hadn't learned how to submit to the authority in that place. And some, some, of, us, some of y'all struggle. I, 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 I feel for you, but you're struggling. It ain't because, well, I'm just, I'm just bold. No, you ignorant. I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean in a way that, that, that you, you, you haven't understood that when you refuse, come on, I, don't, don't, don't lose, I don't want to lose you. Ignorant means to not know. To not know. To not know that when you reject the authority at work, you're rejecting God's authority. Again, I'm, I'm not saying somebody who's doing something out of the way. I'm talking about somebody, God ordained authority, who's doing it maybe different than what you do. But if you don't submit to that authority, then, then you're rejecting God's authority. Amen? Sometimes, even when you know something, it, it, there's a right way to bring out what you know. Okay? Okay, I, here's what I feel. I feel like some of y'all got offended because some of y'all are rabble-rousers, and when I said ignorant, you thought I was talking to you. That's what I feel in my spirit. The term ignorant means, there's a lot of stuff I'm ignorant of. When it, when it comes to computers, I'm... I know, I know some stuff, but, but getting to the hardware and, and even the, the intricately, intricate parts of programming and software, I am pretty much ignorant. So I have to call somebody. I call my wife. I call Leroy. I call somebody who knows a little bit more than what I know. There's nothing wrong with being ignorant. Just find somebody who knows what you don't know. But what I'm talking about is not understanding that when you don't, when you don't submit to the authority, you're rejecting God's authority. That's what a lot of us are ignorant of. And God is watching that. So, so, so look at 1 Peter 2, 1 Timothy 13. Look at what it says. For the Lord's sake, respect what? I need y'all to read it with me. Come on, let's read it out loud. It says what? For the Lord's sake, respect all human authority. Whether the king... As head of state, now again, we don't have a king here, we have a president, right? All right, now, now, now listen to me, listen to me. I'm going to go with what the word says. I'm not going to go with what you think. Back, back up, Brother Jay. I need y'all to read this with me. Because see, see, some of y'all sitting here now, and, and, and we, <laughs> for the Lord's sake, for whose sake? For the Lord's sake. All right, so we don't have a king, so we got what? Okay, so we're not, would you agree with me that we're not changing scripture if I substitute right there to give us an understanding? Let's read it out loud. We're going to, instead of king, we're going to say president. For the Lord's sake. Y'all not, some of y'all not read because some of y'all mad now. Some of y'all sitting over there mad and I'm telling you what the words say. 
but you got your own way of thinking. Come on, let's read. For the Lord's sake, respect all human authority, whether the president as head of the state. Okay, y'all got past that. Okay, let's go to the next one. Officials he has appointed. For the president who do wrong and to honor those who do right. Now, again, I, I, I feel y'all right now, there's a lot that's going on, and you're saying, but, but Pastor, I, I think that doesn't apply right here to this situation in the United States. Now, listen, it does apply. We, listen, part of our responsibility as citizens of the United States is when we see wrong, we vote wrong out. Hello. You vote wrong out. And you go talk to the person who's supposed to be your representative instead of complaining in your house and talking about what they going to do. Why don't you get involved and see what we going to do? So I'm going to put a little plug in here for all of y'all to be better citizens. If you are not registered to vote, go get registered. And when you do register, go and vote. I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if it's cold. People died for you to have the right to do that. Don't disrespect your elders by standing home. Don't mess with me now. Because some of us need to start studying history. Man, people, people, do you realize what people went through for you to have that right? It's disrespectful for you not to get out and vote when people die if you had a right to. Can I get one amen up in there? All right, so, so, so official for the king has said to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. Now look at verse 15, watch this. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. That's what they've been making, foolish accusations against Moses. See, look, look, look at verse 16, read it. It says, well, for you're free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Now, so I gave you the outline on last Sunday, and we had some principles in there. Principle number one, we said replace an attitude of rebellion with an attitude of submission. The principle number one is submission to God. Submission is duty to God. It is duty to God. Everybody say duty to God. Right? I need us to get this, okay? Submit is a military term that means to place yourself in order under established authority. To place yourself in order under established authority. It means to operate within the chain of command. Do you know how some people have difficulty doing that? Submit yourselves. Uh, uh, it, uh, it, it, it means to place yourself in order under established authority. It means to operate within the chain of command. No one is to force you to submit. God's word says submit yourselves. If it's forced, it's not true submission. Don't miss this now. Don't miss this principle that Peter was applying. Forced submission from the top down is not taught anywhere in the Bible. I'm going to say it again. Forced submission from the top down ain't in the Bible. Nowhere do we see the person in authority demanding you submit to me. Not in the Bible. Now, you get crazy people that do that, but it ain't biblical. The person in authority does not command submission. A leader receives that from those who are under his or her authority. That leader 
is called to win the favor of those who are up under him through serving and through selflessness. That's servant leadership. That's what we're about. It, it's, it's submission is a choice, not top down, but bottom up. Everybody say submission is a choice, not top down, but bottom up. If you are in a role where you need to submit, that's a choice of the heart that God asks you to willingly make for his sake. Is that what it said? Is that what it said? For his sake. First Peter 2, 13 says, for his sake, for the Lord's sake, respect all human authority. Are y'all with me today? Husbands, husbands. I said husbands. Oh, husbands. You are not to be demanding that your wives submit. I got all the yes sirs when I, before I said that, but after I said that, I only heard women say amen. Now I got a problem there. Husbands, listen to me. We are not to be demanding that our wives submit. We are to serve in a selfless way so they want to submit. When a man serves a woman, when a man serves his wife, when a man loves his wife like Christ loved the church, when a man is giving to his wife, when a man is nice and not mean to his wife, she's willing to serve in 99.9% of the cases. But you always got a little remnant there that's, yeah, that wants to control like Cora did. All right? Pastors are not to be demanding that their people submit, but to lovingly serve and give themselves to them. So they want to submit. A godly response to that servant leadership is a choice of submission. Amen? So submission is duty to God. Number two, principle number two. Watch this, watch this. Submission is protection by God. Because again, guys, what, what do we say? Uh, you know, Ezekiel, when he writes, he's writing to people who were rebellious and who have went to a state uh, of, of captivity. And he said, it's time to live again. It's, can these dry bones live? Yes, they can. But they can live by, by virtue of submitting to their God who's able to deliver them. And what God is saying is he, he wants every area of our life to, be, to become alive. He wants our financial house to become alive. He wants our marital house to become alive. He wants our workplace and our career to become alive. He wants our neighborhoods to be alive because we are submitting to him. We can live again. We can have joy abundantly. Joy unspeakable full of glory when we learn how to submit our will to God's will. So submission is protection. By God, go back to 14, First uh, Peter 2, verse 14 and 15 right quick. Come on, let's go. First Peter 2. Are y'all still with me? Don't, please don't miss this. Please don't, please don't, please don't be thinking about when I said ignorant five, ten minutes ago. <laughs> I, I was, I, I, I did not mean to be offensive, but because, but I just, that word, maybe it's the way I said it that made you think. Because most of y'all know, you heard me say it before, ignorance means just simply to not know. And all of us are ignorant about a lot of different things. But we don't want to be ignorant about God's established authority. 
Because whether, whether we're doing it out of ignorance or not, we're not submitting to his authority. And, and, and you ought to know better because you've been here for a prolonged period of time, so you don't have any excuse. It'll be better for you to be in a church that don't teach you nothing than to be in a church that teach you and then you don't do what you've been taught. Okay? So I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to help us. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and not those who do right. Verse 15, let's read. It says what? It is God's will that your, that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. Part of God's purpose for authority is to, uh, to praise those who do right. Blessing and favor come to the person who lives in submission. Okay? Why? Because it's, it's the will of God. Okay? It's God's will that, that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. Okay? That's the will of God. God's will is for us to display lives of submission not a rebellion against authority. When recognized authority makes a decision and you don't like the choices that they're making, God very aware of how you and I respond to that. Because when I'm, I'm, if I'm under authority, ultimately I have to submit to that authority. I mean, I've served on boards of directors, uh, and 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 uh, and there are times when the person who's making a decision, I didn't necessarily agree with that decision. But what I, what I would do is, is I would respect that person enough to go and talk to him about the decision that was made and to give, me, give them my opinion about it. All right. But ultimately, if it came down to it, if they wanted to continue to do that and make that decision, as long as it wasn't something right, wrong, it's just something different. They, they decided to do it different than what I would do it. Then I'm going to respect that authority. And this, I, I shared my opinion. Maybe we ought to try it this way. And if they, if they, if they say, well, yeah, I thought about that, but then here's why I want to do it this way. Then I'm going to respect that decision. I ain't going to get off the board because... It was something that was different. Now, if it was something illegal, yeah, that's different. But learn how to submit to authority. Some people can't get along with nobody because they want their way all the time. And you're not, you're not going to have your way all the time. If you submit to God's established authority, God's on your team. Let me say it again. If you submit to God's established authority, God is on your team. But if you rebel, he's on another team. Look at 1 Peter 5 and 5 right quick. Hurry, hurry. I think I lost some of y'all with the king. <laughs> 1 Peter 5 and 5. It says, in the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you serve each other. All of you serve each other in Humility, for God opposes the proud, but he favors what? The humble. He says, in the same way. Now, again, you, you have to back up. The ver go, go to verse 1. Let's read down here because, again, we start in the middle of a thought. And now a word to you who are elders in the churches, spiritual leaders. I, too, am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I, too, will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world as a fellow elder, I appeal to you. Watch this. Care for the flock God has entrusted to you. If you are, my position is as is, is a pastor. So he's talking to me as a pastor. He says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it, what, willingly. Not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. Any pastor 
who's only there to get a check and not really truly pass. In other words, they preach on Sunday, go home, don't interact with the people, don't counsel, don't have no administrative demands, uh, just, just go and preach, get the check and go home and don't interact. That person is there for the money. But a true pastor serves willingly, not grudgingly. That's what it says. Because you're eager to serve. It says, watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. Verse 3, let's read. Don't lord it over the people. I told you that before. Uh, uh, when you're in authority, you don't have to demand that somebody respect you. Serve and serve selflessly and people will respect the position that you're in. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. All right, verse four, let's read. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never ending glory and honor. Verse five, it says what? In the same way, same way you serve, you younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you serve each other in humility, for God opposes the proud, but he does what? Favors them. So when we are prideful, that means that we won't respect the authority that God has established. And see, when we are prideful, that means God is against us. He opposes the proud. Okay? So, uh, so no, principle number two, we said what? Uh, submission is protection by God. It's protection by God. Number three, watch this. Submission has limits under God. Again, submission is not slavery or it's not giving up personal responsibility. Submission has limits. So if that person is telling you to do something that's wrong, that's disrespectful, that goes against God's will, you don't follow that. Are y'all listening? If somebody at work asks you to lie for them, you don't do that. Because if you start lying for them, you got to keep on lying for them. Are y'all with me? Furthermore, if somebody in the church ask you to lie for them or to misrepresent something, you don't do that. Okay? Submission has limits under God. It is better to obey God than to obey man. Are y'all with me? So it has limits. Principle number four. Submission is favor from God. Everybody say it's favor from God. Go back to 2 Peter and look at verse 18 through 20. We're going to wrap this thing up right quick. Submission is favor from God. Thank you. First Peter two, look at 18 through 20. It says you who are slaves must accept the authority of your masters in all respect. Now, again, this is again, let's let's bring it to 2018. You who are employees must accept the authority of your employers with all respect. Do what they tell you, not only if they are kind. And OK, watch this now. Now, don't do what they tell you. I didn't make this up, y'all. Not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they're cruel. How many of y'all ever work for somebody who is not a nice person? What does the Bible say here? Either I'm preaching too long or y'all don't like this. Look at what the text says. Everybody say, that's what the Bible says. Well, Brother Pastor, you got that new living trailer. Go to the KJV. Go to the KJV. Go to the KJV right quick. Come on, come on, brothers. Servants, are, come on. Employees, be subject to your employers without fear. Not only to the good and the gentle ones, but also to the forward, the mean ones. 
And sometimes, the truth be told, we work for some mean people who need Jesus. And maybe we're there because they need Jesus. And maybe they hadn't received Jesus because we hadn't responded to authority like the Bible tells us to. I'm going to say this right quick, and, and, and I got to get you out of here. How many of y'all watched the Alabama game last night? Alabama-Georgia. You know, you know what, what I appreciate about Jalen Hurts is that that dude, when he saw what was coming, could have transferred. He could have he came out and, and, and been very disruptive to the team and not supported the guy who had taken his spot. And I'm going to tell you why his spot was taken. And this happens in the church sometimes, too. The guy who took his spot last year in the national championship game had a skill set that he had not developed fully. The guy could throw. Now, again, yesterday we, we saw a turn in, in, in fortunes. But last year, if y'all remember this, uh, Georgia was stopping their running game and they couldn't get And Jalen Hurts couldn't throw the ball very well. And so the coach, Nick Saban, put in Tua. I saw Tiger Valoa, whatever his name is. And that guy could spin it. He opened up the offense where they're utilizing their receivers at a much greater rate, and they, they, they became a more prolific offense. Not that Jalen Hurts wasn't good, but in order to move the team forward to even win more championships, he made a change. Here's what we do. He's been starting all this time. They've been over that committee for 30 years. Never mind, ain't doing nothing. It ain't blessing nobody. But we can't move Sister Smith because it's going to break her heart. Sister Smith is not being effective. We love her, but she's on the wrong seat on the bus. Put her in the right seat and she can be effective, but just move her to the right seat. Amen. We still love her, but we're going to change your position. You good? It, but, 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 but maybe you're not, maybe we've gotten this far and God says, I want you up here, but you can't take them up here. That, that dude stayed, and when his opportunity came, he stayed prepared to when, he, when his time to get there. He threw the ball. He's gotten better throwing the ball, and he can run it better than the other cat. So my point is, he submitted to the decision of the coach without transferring. I want to know how many of y'all would have did that. I've been starting for two years. I'm 26 and 2. We ain't lost for two games while I'm in charge, and you're going to remove me? I'm gone. Dude stayed. And in, and in, and in, the, in the game, national championship game, he's on the sideline cheering for his teammate. I can see some of y'all now. Took me out of this game. I ain't lost for two games. I've I, I started here for two years. From a freshman to sophomore, and you're going to take me out of the game. I'm going to pile. He didn't do that. He showed the right attitude. He submitted to the authority of his coach's decision because the coach is looking out for the benefit of the whole team. I have no doubt that Georgia would have won the championship had they left Hurts in playing the way he was playing last year. But God, are y'all trying to tell me it's time to stop? Y'all been hearing anything I said? <laughs> Submission to authority. You know, some churches they do that. 
Piano said, it's time to sit down, Rip. <laughs> Submission. <laughs> Submission is favor from God. When I do, I, I believe God's favors on that. Just as, a, as a small microcosm of what I'm trying to tell you, that guy, I think, had favor because he submitted to decision that he didn't agree with. Absolutely did. Got better. He sure had. Lastly, submission is intimacy with God. Now go, go, go back to verse 20 and we're going to move down here. I got to get you out of here. Go back to 1 Peter 2. And let's uh, look at verse number 20. Back up to 19 again, because I think that, that, that we need to hear that. Back up to verse 18. Let's go. <laughs> Servants, be subject to your masters. Go, go, to, go to the NLT. Since y'all know what it says in the KJV, we'll go to the NLT. Just give us some modern language. I want to see both. You who are slaves must accept the authority of your masters with all respect. Don't. Do what they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel. Now, some of y'all, we got to get this. 19, for God is pleased with you when you do what you know is right and patiently endure. Wow. Now, I don't know about anybody here, but I need to repent right now. Some of y'all, will y'all be honest with me and say, Pastor, I got to repent. Because this says patiently endure unfair treatment. Some, some, some of us in here don't patiently endure unfair treatment. We get buck wild. And we cuss, we fuss, we lose our testimony. People can't respect us because we've been mean and ornery. Because when we were treated unfairly, we didn't patiently endure. I didn't make this up, it's in the Bible. Verse 20, come on. Some of y'all ain't coming back after this, are you? Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you're beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good, endure it patiently, God is pleased. Now, what he's saying is, if, 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 you get, if you're receiving punishment at work and getting written up because you, you cussed people out and didn't do what you're supposed to do because you didn't agree what the person was saying, you don't get credit for that. But you do get credit when you patiently endure when you're being unfairly treated. That's what he says. Okay? Y'all with me? All right, well, watch this, watch this. Submission is intimate to God. 21 through 25, I'm finished. Let's read. Let's go. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. 22, let's go. He never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Turn that thing over to God and stop trying to do it yourself. Stop trying to get folk back. Revenge is mine, says the Lord. I know how to repay. Quit trying to get your wife back, get your husband back. I'm going to say it again. Quit trying to get your wife back and get your husband because that happens in a Christian home. You mad about something, you, so you're going to do something to hurt them. Say something to hurt them because you're mad at them. You're going to get them back. Going to cut them off. See, if, wait to see if I let you touch me. 
I don't care what that Bible say. 24 and 25. Can we read? He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are here. By his stripes, you're here. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. So submission is intimacy with God. And our third and final point was this. Uh, on, on our, we had three points there. We broke down submission because submission is the answer to rebellion. Make no mistake about it. God sees everything that we do. He knows it all. Nothing is hidden from his sight. Hebrews 4 and 13 tells us nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes and he is the one to whom we are accountable. God knows everything. Okay, my time is up and I thank you for yours. Jesus gave his life out on Calvary for you and I. Guys, listen to me carefully. I purposely took time to highlight certain aspects of the scripture. Because when we come in, we got to learn some things. And when we see what the word says, we have a responsibility to do what the word says. Many people don't even realize that they are at odds with God because they don't obey those scriptures I just read to you. You're rejecting God's established authority. Don't even realize you're praying to God, but God is against you because you won't submit to the established authority. I'm not talking about somebody who's doing something, trying to get you to do something evil and wrong. I'm talking about somebody who, who's doing something that, that maybe you don't, maybe they're, maybe they're a hard person. Maybe